Behold, behold, behold the pale podcast. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe, and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. My life has value. My life has value. Behold the Pale Podcast. All right, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Behold, 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 a Pale Podcast. We're coming to you. It feels like it's been a while since we did an episode, but it really hasn't been. I almost forgot that you did that. Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, that's why you keep me on the show. Is that what it is? I was wondering why we keep you on the show. Oh, I know why. Because you're going to talk about bad corporations. You know what I mean? Yeah. The working man getting slammed. No, a working man always gets slammed. But, I mean, it's... Here's the thing. I mean, I've worked at the same job for 24 years. And it's a retail job. I've always been a clerk, even though I pretty much do anything and everything. Yeah, I've I've done. But the thing that I've noticed is, I mean, we always know that corporations are always about the bottom line, could care less about their employees and uh, about the uh, uh, situations they find themselves in. But the thing is, all I keep on hearing nowadays is uh, about the labor shortages. That's why we can't get certain products in, why, you know, we're not getting, I mean, for example, uh, part of my job, uh, I deal with a photo lab. I mean, we haven't gotten in envelopes for the photos for like a whole, you know, two months already. And of course, being told that, oh, it's all about the labor shortages. And when you talk to people, they're all like, oh, yeah, it's because, you know, Biden's throwing out all this money and, and people are just staying home and living off the government's and our uh, taxpayers' money. And I'm like, uh, I know a few people that have, you know, you know, lost their jobs during COVID and that they are currently, you know, unemployed, but they're looking for work. 
And even though there's a lot of job opportunities out there, at least that's what I keep on seeing, going, checking out all these, you know, because I myself am looking for another uh, job because after all the years of working there, you know, they keep on, I mean, it's even worse now that we have a new manager and within, I mean, literally the first two weeks, 12 of our employees quit because of her. 12 employees in two weeks? Mm-hmm. Two weeks. 12 employees, two weeks. And we've never really recovered from that. Now, and of course, I'm not saying that my job was ever, you know, a, a uh, you know, bouquet of roses. But of course, so we have a lot less people. That puts a lot. And, and the thing is, they are gearing. I mean, I even talked to the uh, new manager about, you know, things. And she had made it clear that as far as, as she's concerned, the biggest and most important uh, thing about our job is the picking, the picks, uh, which is picking orders from our store to send out for online orders. Which, okay, is where I see a lot of, especially, you know, cashier jobs and those kind of jobs are being pushed out. And very soon, there won't be any cashier jobs that you'll only have, you know, anyone who would have had those jobs will be working in these warehouses pretty much doing these picks. Now, while we're we're, uh, talking about, you you know, online orders, that's great and all that. And then, of course, they're also pushing in, I mean, even before COVID, they've been pushing their self-checkouts. And here's the thing that I've talked to a lot of different people, and a lot of them are like, well, you know, the self-checkouts, they don't take away jobs. I mean, you'll need someone who, you know, has to be there to, you know, help people out and all that. And I'm like, yeah, technically they don't fire or get rid of, but they keep on cutting back the hours on the job that you're already not paid, you know, enough to actually even live on or, or, or do anything with. So here's the thing. And I keep on seeing all, all, all this. And I think when, when COVID happened and all that, because it's obvious that uh, the corporations have been working towards the idea of replacing most of their workforce with either self-checkouts. I mean, you go to um, some supermarkets, they have that little robot that, you know, kind of goes up and down the aisles. Marty, I think they call it. Yeah. So so here's the thing. Um, of course, now here we're going in. But a lot of people will just say, oh, this is crazy uh, shit talking. But they've, I mean, it's obvious if you, you look around that, you know, artificial intelligence and, you know, robotics and all that is a very big booming business right now. A lot of people are putting a lot of money, a lot of effort into creating these kind of things. Now, it's obvious that, you know, the corporations... I mean, their hope is to, of course, replace most of the workforces with whether, it, you know, you actually have robots, you know, greeting customers or just have these self-checkouts, which, I mean, if you're looking at it as, as clearly, 
as only as a businessman, it's a great and ingenious way of doing business. Why do you pay for people to help out customers, give them customer service, when honestly you have the customers paying you to buy your stuff and paying you to do the work? I mean, that is how it looks like everything is going. And the only thing I think is because of COVID, I mean, they've been working on this for years, but I think COVID really has kind of pushed that forward. And when you keep on hearing about people talking about, oh, that, you know, people are just, you know, living lavish lifestyles on on taxpayers' money, and that's why we don't have people, you know, doing these jobs, I think it's total bullshit. Because, I mean, first of all, I think a lot of it is the companies themselves are trying to push out, for example, like myself, who have been long-term employees, loyal employees, trying to push them out. Because if they push out us, who have been there for a while, long enough to get, you know, a little bit better pay, but not, you know, great pay, and then push us out and then just replace us with, like I said, self-checkout, or just hire, you know, some new people that all they have to do is, you know, do the picks and maybe, you know, run up and and, uh, fix the self-checkout. But here's the thing. I mean, it's obvious that these corporations' main goal and main plan is to focus and uh, try and make, like, all these stores into online stores, which, I mean, yeah, if you look at it uh, as a business standpoint, it's great. I mean, if you get rid of, like, the walk-in stores, so you don't have to, you know, go in and buy uh, a bread or, or milk or anything that you need. All you have to do is just stay home and order it online and you have it just shipped to you. Uh, That also adds to another problem where, you know, I mean, with technology that we have right now, a lot of people, I mean, you know, you can do like so much just from home. I mean, what's the point of going out? What's the point of socializing when, I mean, you can just stay at home, play video games with people that you've never seen and never will see in the real world and get everything, you know, you never have to leave the house. Now, if you do that, if you get a society that all, all, all the basic needs, you know, food, shelter, that kind of stuff, and you get them uh, just basically just hermits in their own home, I mean, they're so they're even so much more easier to control. I mean, that's that's just part of what I'm seeing is that that's what I think a lot of the corporations are going for is trying to get a fully automated way of you know taking care of all this so they can cut the workforce, and by doing that, it also has another problem. Well, it's all about, you know, what's the saying they have about you give up your freedoms for protection? Yes. It's the same deal with, like, convenience of getting, you know what I mean? Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's, that's totally the case. But also, here's another, you know, because the thing you have to understand, every time 
you, uh, and, and this goes for businesses, okay? Even put out just the fact of the, you know, moral, uh, you know, uh, implications of this, okay? Let's just look at this as a business standpoint. Uh, if you and all the main businesses, okay, your plan is to keep on cutting back, you know, the hours, cutting back the money, and cutting back the workforce, uh, yes, you will see, you know, surges in in your your your, your profits and, and all that. But that's only going to happen for a bit. You also have to realize that while you do that, the people who are buying your stuff are employees. Whether they're your employees or whether they're Walmart's employees or someone else. And if every single business attacks it like this, like, okay, this cut down our workforce even more so we can get these huger profit margins, sooner or later, I mean, you can only go so far until you plateau. And the thing is, this is not a plan that is good for the long term. Because if you keep on nickeling and diming every everyone that works nickel for you, who's going to buy your stuff? So, I mean, I mean, it's just, just what I'm thinking here is that that's the way I see everything going. And, and now when, when they're complaining, oh, we don't have people working for us, is that, okay, we've just gone through this entire pandemic. I mean, myself, I was considered an essential employee. So I did not have that time off. When, when the lockdown happened, I still went to work. Okay, I had to work through that, and I'm still working. And the thing is that as soon as, you know, not saying we're totally out of the woods, but when things start getting better and people start really coming back and some of the remote stuff, that's when they start implanting, at least with my stores, some of the few holdouts, the stores that hadn't been changed over to self-checkouts, that's when it start happening, and that's when, you know, the corporations start pushing and, and giving, like, my uh, old boss a lot of hard time trying to meet certain quotas that got her to, you know, get fed up and leave. So they can bring in this new person that ends up already making, you know, 12 people quit within two weeks. So in your situation, when did you first start seeing the, uh, the train starting to leave the tracks? at your work establishment. When did you really see doom coming in? Would this was the new manager coming in or was it before this? Yeah. I mean the thing is the manager I had before this new manager, she she believed in working with the employees. She she took she put her head uh, neck out for us. And you know, it was I mean one of the reasons why I stayed and didn't, you know, say, you know, screw this during the pandemic and leave was simply because of her. Because I knew that uh, the team that we had, I knew that she and everyone else involved, that we were in this together. Okay. I had no, no belief, no, you know, um, insanity of thinking that the corporation cared about us. Mm -hmm. But... At the store level, 
we were able to help out our customers. A lot of them are elderly people who had a lot of hard times during, of course, during this situation. And the thing is that a lot of them, you know, even now with like a self-checkout, a lot of them can't or won't do it because, you know, they have a hard enough time just uh, working with us and we can help them through the situation. But when the new manager came in, first things he tried to do was tell us, you can't ring up anyone at the register. Okay, your new register is a self-checkout. You have to stand by the self-checkout and have a huge line of people and just, you know, help them through each one at the self-checkout to try to teach them how to use it. Pretty much teach them how to do your job so when we cut you, your hours back anymore and get rid of you, then, you know, we don't have to worry about actually having anyone up there to make sure that the uh, customers can, you know, go through and take care of everything. Yeah. So the, f- the first things first, I think, is good management and the importance of it. That's where the crack, the cracks and the seals start, you know what I mean, with the situation like this. Um, I understand, you know, you, you never get the vibe that the corporation's for you, but with a good manager, you get a vibe of that we're all in this together, that even your manager is having to trek through the shit, too, to, his, to their higher-ups, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah. that that's really the, the bottom ground of it. It all kind of stems back to that. I mean, everybody here has kind of dealt with terrible managers i'm sure what about uh we got brother jeff and brother sean with us here as well we, it's just me and the Hawkman tearing up the scene but uh yeah. any, any of you gentlemen want to talk feel, about some... yeah feel free jump yeah, in. Yeah. tell me if i'm completely full of bullshit That's yeah i mean I'll, I'll speak up i guess because i need to head out a little earlier today but um hey. That's good. yeah yeah i've had um yeah my fair share of of poor poor managers, but I actually had a, the reason why I left my last job was actually because it was the worst experience professionally I'd actually ever had. And, um, yeah, I mean, I was working at a, at a gastronomy, like a restaurant here. I was working behind the, initially I was in the kitchen then I left because I wanted to, you know, I went behind the bar and I was working by the bar and it like, it was a restaurant with this, with the capacity roughly of say like i don't know like the 99 you know like they, they, they you have a like a busy 99 like, 80, like not 80 to 100 people like we'd have we'd have some evenings we'd have 350 tables reserved oh shit and there would be like and it was just me behind the bar i was doing the drinks for the whole restaurant oh, i thought you were drinking Okay. <laughs> so I was doing the drinks for the whole restaurant. So I would work like, you know, an eight hour, nine hour shift. And then they would like get mad at me if I, you know, left on my scheduled time or like yeah. didn't come in early to like get everything set up. But like the manager was just really poor because they were really like, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't teach you, um, you know, they didn't like, they never showed you anything. They just threw you into these, these positions. They like, they, it was this whole like learn by doing, learn by being stressed out mentality, and you know lots of like lots of like negativity in terms of you know I remember when I got my I got my COVID vaccine I got my second COVID vaccine 
I was like kind of ill for two days. So I didn't go into work. And like, I had one of the managers messaged me and, you know, told me that how dare I do that? You know, like I have to come in and he needs to tell me if I'm sick or not. And I can go home if he says that I can. And, uh, and all these things. And I laughed at the time. I was just like, all right, dude, like I asked him where he got his PhD, call it a day. And, um, and, and, and like things like that. But yet overall, like I just noticed that the, the overall like management structure at this restaurant was just so akin towards like pushing out things as quickly as possible. You know, it wasn't, they didn't care how their employees felt. They didn't care how their employees, uh, you know, um, how motivated their employees were or anything like that. They didn't do anything to like motivate you. They just wanted you to like, work like a machine and i've noticed that a lot of places are like that like especially now because they are so understaffed and it is so hard to find people that a lot of places like are really um yeah taking note of this kind of management style and just it's all about like quantity over quality at this point because if you have less people they need to work harder and you can't attend to their needs as is is as much as maybe you'd even like to. So I think that it's maybe a result of just a lot of these people probably didn't care, but then throw in the extra stress. And even those that did care, care, I think had to care less. So I think it's just a recipe for disaster. Um, overall. Does caring too much become a burden in a situation like that? I assume it would, you know, even in a, even from not a manager, manager stance, like you, you know, as an employee, sometimes you feel like you get that vibe. I'm sure everybody's here has felt that where it's like, if you care, if you actually care about the job you're doing, it's a burden because you see the people around you or the people leading you not caring about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that, um, yeah, I think it's, I don't know though. I mean, ideally, it depends what industry we're talking about. I feel like at the, the at a more entry level, like if you're talking gastronomy, if you're talking like retail, like yeah. But if you're talking a more specialized career, then no. Like, I mean, there's a lot of careers that people wouldn't do if they didn't like love, you know, love what they were doing, you know? Like you'd never go to a, for instance, I highly doubt you would, if you ever went to like a director's like, guild or something that anybody would be complaining about how much they hate their job you know i bet they complain well i don't know I mean, yeah but they're those type of people that they complain but they would never do anything else right like well, they love they love they, yeah. like they like they like love the suck you know it's like people that are in the military that like love being in the military well see i think you get used to it you know, and you complain. It's one of the, since we're talking about jobs, it's kind of like, you know, I think everybody kind of, eventually their job becomes a burden, no matter what you are, whether you're pumping gas or you're performing heart surgery. I think you get used to it to a point where everything just eventually becomes a burden. Even, you know, even a positive thing like saving lives, you know what I mean? Maybe not a burden, but, uh, you know, it's second hat and, you know, just, you know what I mean? Not a big deal. And you can once once something's not a big deal, then you start to kind of once you lose respect for the job you're doing, I think that's when uh, things start to fall to the wayside a little bit. Yeah, sure, sure. I think, yeah, I mean, I think the problem with with a lot of these jobs is there's a lot of people that just are doing them because they can't. They either they either 
I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. You know, so a lot of people that are doing jobs in gastronomy, a lot of people that are doing jobs in retail, like they're not the most, you know, a lot of these people feel like they just fell flat on their, like flat on their face, you know, and they feel like this is all they can do. You know, maybe they're self-loathing, maybe they're, you know, whatever it may be. I don't they know. They can't, they no, can't all do, they can't all have blogs about tasting beer, Jeff. You know? No, 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 but I feel like the, I feel like the, the majority of people that like love doing that type of work are far, I mean, like they're, they're, the people that love doing that work are the minority. And then the people that like are miserable doing that work are the majority. Oh, I hear you. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, the thing is that, I mean, there's going to always be a bunch of jobs out there that people have to do, not because they like it, but because they need a paycheck and because, you know, and the thing is that I mean, a lot of people that I talk to, I mean, whenever talk about retail, a lot of people like to give the idea, oh, it's just a start a job, you know, it's just for, you know, high schoolers or, you know, just out of college people. And then, you know, you move on from that, which, you know, there's a lot that do that. But if you sit down and look at most of those kind of people don't work in retail anymore. It's like looking at paper boys. Okay. I mean, we don't, I mean, I, there's a guy that drives by that tosses the paper that we don't, those started jobs are the problem is those started jobs are becoming main yeah. jobs and main for a source of income for a lot of people we love now, it's not and, and and the thing is it's not because either they can't do anything else or they don't want to do anything else a lot of times is because they aren't given the opportunity because i mean when you have a lot of i mean there's a, there's a bunch of people that i know that you know, went to college, they graduated with skill sets, you know, and planning on having careers. And because of either companies falling apart and you have, you know, know, competing with other people, there's, I mean, not everyone's going to be able to get that career that they want. And they still have to, you know, put money, I mean, food on the table and get money. The thing is, a lot of people that are in these jobs now, it's not because they can't do anything else or don't want to do anything else. It's because just uh, because of the situations in their life, you know, they needed a job and they got it. Now, the thing is that if these jobs, okay, are, you know, as a lot of people love to say, you know, unskilled and unimportant, then... In that case, then the, those corporations don't need anyone at all. I mean, that's, I mean, it, it's, the thing is, when you are relying on a workforce to help you sell products, help you, you know, make money, it is part of your obligation to make sure that they're treated well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's, what I, that's what I wanted to, that's what I wanted to say next was that. I don't think that, yeah, yeah. but I, I don't think that uh, it has, I'm not saying that these are like unskilled jobs. They're the backbone of this, America, and baby. I hold this notion, but unfortunately, I think that the society, like society has, has there's been like this, um, this shift in the way that we view these jobs in the last couple of decades. And I don't know how that's been engineered or pioneered. I don't want to like necessarily get into that. 
but there's been this shift in the way we socially view these jobs and that therefore has affected the mindset of those people that do them because if you like you know nobody should go like this idea of going to work and feeling like you're in a dead end job is a societal construct because it shouldn't be a, it sh- you shouldn't have to think about it like that in the first place and the fact that you have to think about it like that means that there's already something wrong and there's already something broken and it's something that we we've talked about here even you know like how it's it and i think it's a little bit different here than it is in america but for instance you'll meet people that are waiters here that are in their 50s or 60s and they've been waiters their whole lives and they're making enough money to to have a nice life like you'll meet people here that do that type of work and it's slowly happening here too where it's becoming a little bit more like commonplace to think of these jobs as not necessarily career centered jobs but instead part-time like seasonal positions that really aren't worth their weight in gold and that's the problem that people start to form these because you have the elite and you have you know the colleges it's it's all a i think colleges probably started this type of rhetoric to be honest to make people pay for degrees that they can't afford so they don't have to do these jobs and they painted them in this way i agree with that yeah yeah but that's a really, hate, really, that's a really good thought. I hate to leave you guys, but I actually need to go. <laughs> you um, just left me with so much to think about. I know you yes, went I, out strong. You went out strong. I like that. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. That I wanted to go out with a bang, you know. My car boom, boom, boom. Oh, yeah. yeah. Till next, till next week. But next yeah, week. I'll be, I'll be on, uh, I'll be on the next one as well. But and I'll, I'll spend the, I'll stay the, the full length of that one. But I will see you guys later, and yeah, think about that thought, respond to that thought. Maybe we can talk about that in a couple of weeks. I already forgot. I'm sorry, dude. Hey, <laughs> Jeff, it was, Jeff, it was good hearing you again, man. Yes. All right, I'll see you, everybody. Later. All right, bye bye. But it goes back to the whole. It starts with the manager thing. You know, if it's bad news there, that's the beginning of the breakdown of the system. I think. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, actually going off what uh, Jeff pretty much left is the idea, which I think is true, that, you know, you you, you spend so much money going to these colleges for these degrees. And the fact is, yeah, I mean, I'm looking like at all these different jobs. And I mean, I got a bachelor's and um, unfortunately, I I never got a master's. And... um, and of course, you know, even for these small, you know, entry level positions, you're know, like, well, you have to have a bachelor's. And then, of course, you also look a little farther down, and a lot of these are like, well, uh, you need to have like uh, two years' experience in this field or three years doing this. And of course, and of course, they're offering entry level uh, wages. And I'm looking at these, and I'm like. If it's entry level, why am I supposed to already have this experience? Entry level, I always believed, always understood as that's where you get your experience. Now, I mean, unfortunately for me, when I went to college and all that, I learned better actually doing. Okay, I learned most of the stuff that I know by actually doing it. And in the classroom, it just never really worked for me. 
uh, my ADD always kind of acted up. So, so I mean, the thing is, there's a lot of stuff I, I mean, the way I learn is you give me something, I will bang my head against the wall until I get it right, and I will, and that's, that's, I mean, different people learn different ways. And the fact is that if someone can't, you know, just, you know, go into a classroom and, you know, just get it right away and all that doesn't mean that that person is any less than anyone else. Okay? Just means that they learn differently. And the thing is that whether someone's doing a job that, and as, 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 uh, uh, Jeff Berry Jr. said, that if you think about it, that the corporations and also the education system has kind of maneuvered kind of like a, a mental way of, of for society to look at people in these jobs and these jobs as kind of like, well, you go to college, so you don't have to do these shit jobs. I know people who've gone to college who do those shit jobs right now. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. I know, yeah. I know people that went to some of the best schools for business that that are doing jobs that that that's, that 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 gentleman that just left us would call shit jobs. And Alexander yeah. Hawk over there. Uh, yeah. there, there's no such thing as shit yeah. jobs. Maybe shit. And jobs. and 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 also another thing I wanted to put out a lot. Of, I mean, because I get a, whenever I put like things on Facebook about these things, I'm always called out like, "Well, you don't understand how it is to run a business. You don't understand this and that." And I'm like, I understand more about business than a lot of business people because. I literally, at my job, ever so often they have those from corporate coming into our store. They walk around. They look important. And, and they want to see how, how we do. And the thing I always find hilarious is that none of them have any idea of how to run a store. Not a single one of them. They ask me the dumbest questions that I don't even expect from a 16-year-old coming out of high school to do it part-time. Yeah. Because most of these people, they have never, ever actually worked in the store. Now, if if you are supposedly, you know, a higher-up in the company, and you don't even have the basics knowledge of how, how to run an actual store, then you shouldn't be in that position. Because every store is, is it's a different ecosystem. You can't can't look at, and of course they like to keep it simple. I mean, that's one thing about corporate. They love things to be easy. So they get like an accountant or a statistic, someone into statistics or a, a number cruncher to look at the numbers. Like, well, you know, looking at all these numbers, it should take a total of like five, uh, like five to three minutes to, you know, pick an order, package it, and send it out. And, of course, the fact is that is not how it works because when you have to, first of all, if you're doing this in a store where people are coming in, I mean, you have to, I mean, you do your picks, but you also have to, you know, help people. And you have to, you know, uh, make sure uh, take care of everything else as well. And the fact is, like for example, we had a printer for the picking 
break down. Okay, that knocked us back two days. So we have two days worth of picks all lined up. Took about two days to get a guy to come in who literally just glanced at the printer, left for like two to three hours, then came back and finally fixed it. Well, they and the thing, it, yeah, and and, oh, and yeah. the thing is that you know it's like, do you put that into your calculations? Okay. Shit happens. <clears throat> and the fact is that you're looking at, you know, I mean, another thing is, like, the registers that we use, I mean, they haven't updated them since, like, the late 90s. Before we okay? pop into the registers real quick, Shawnee Boy, did you have any manager stories you wanted to pop into of any horror stories? Because, uh, you know, I've had all types of horror stories of just people that, Sorry, I was muted. Pass it off the box. No big deal. No big deal. You got any good man- managerial uh, failure <laughs> stories throughout your days? Well, I got many. Yeah, any fa- any, every, any fa- like favorites? You know? I mean, the, the last one I worked at was pretty entertaining. <laughs> uh, All Town Fresh down in Plymouth. Yeah. Yeah, they um they hired a fucking front of house manager for uh the kitchen manager, and this guy did not know his ass from his elbow. You watch the guy like cook off a whole roast beef, then go put it in next to uh, a raw roast beef, yeah. and just chill in the fridge overnight. It's a big no no. You don't do yeah. that. <laughs> but anyways, uh, he used to wear this fucking chef's jacket. Never brought the thing home. I had it fucking cleaned. So one day I put a bunch of spoons in it so he would say something about it. And the next day when I came in, he started going over this uh, big spiel of how we're not supposed to act like two-year-olds when we're at work. And I looked at him like, you know, you haven't washed that thing in a week. You've cross-contaminated everything in this kitchen. And I, I quit. And as I'm walking away, he's like, Sean, what's the matter? And I looked at him and go, you're the matter. You fucking went full retard, dude. <laughs> I went and punched out and left. Yeah, people get crazy. You know, there's a lot of passing of the buck, too, which is horrifying. And I think that that's a big part of it, too, where people are just trying to look for the easiest route to get through their day. So they'll let it trickle down to somebody else and, you know, when they should take care of, of themselves. There's a yeah. lot of that all across the board in all type of positions. Now, the Hawkman, I know that we're gonna, you want to pop into a little bit of this self-checkout, because I know you think that that's like another step in the direction of uh, this, this fucking full, complete takeover. Well, I mean, the thing is that, and I've even had these conversations with other people I work with and other people that work in different stores, where, okay, you have these self-checkouts. Yeah. And the thing is that, I mean, it's bad enough to begin with, but... 90% of the times it doesn't work or that, you know, someone can't do something like they, if they need to, uh, for example, like the COVID tests, okay, yeah. they don't ring up there. You can't do gift cards through there. You can't, I mean, if you're buying something that you have to be 18 for, it flags you and you need someone to come over to hold your hand and help you put your uh, date of birth in. Makes me feel Which, good. you know. So here, you know, you have, and of course, they're pushing it that you only have one person up there to, you know, try, uh, ring the register and then at the same time take care of the kiosks and then everything else up front. 
and most of the other managers and, and all that, their entire uh, job is just focused on picking. And so you have, like, one person trying to do all this stuff, trying to make people happy, which you're not going to be able to do. Right. And, of course, when you're calling people, I mean, plus also when you only have, like, one or two cashiers in the entire store and you have the rest as managers focused solely on picking, okay, then, you know, the whole idea of customer service is out the window. Now, you can look at, um, I mean, a lot of people look down at, on customer service as, you know, either a pointless job or a uh, uh, thing that doesn't require any real skill. But I personally do believe that you, you need good communication skills just to, to handle that. Right. within itself, whether you respect the job or not. Uh, and the fact is that that's where we have the labor shortage. When, when you have people who have just gone through all this, you know, pandemic, all the shits that's gone on in the last two years, okay? I mean, it's, it's pushed people to realize that there's more to life than just going in, slaving for the man, and making the measly bucks so you can, you know, eat that night. So a lot of people are holding up, trying to find a job. I mean, before people were like, well, you know, I need a job. I'll take anything. I'll, I'll do whatever I have to do to get, uh, to get money, which is the noble thing. Because the thing is that you can't always have the job that you want. And you have to also make money, which is... A definitely a rational and, and, and reasonable way of looking at things. But with everything that's gone on, the reason we have labor shortages now is, first of all, we had a good chunk of people that died, okay, with the pandemic. Then we also have those who did not die but got seriously injured because of this. And then you have, you know, companies still trying to uh, scoot the buck to you know, keep the the profits going up for themselves, and not giving those who are working through this tough time any incentive, not 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 even a little carrot on the stick to keep you going, and a lot of people are fed up with that. I mean, the thing is, back in the old days, I mean, why do you think uh, there's such thing as child labor laws? Okay. That happened not because of the the, um, uh, corporations or the managers decide, well, you know what? We shouldn't have a nine-year-old crawling into this big machine and possibly lose, like, their life or a hand. It's because the people stood up and and, and the government stood up to make those changes. And the thing is, until, you know, we stand up to say that, if you want us to work for you, you got to pay us better. you got to treat us with some respect. Uh, personally, I don't think that's asking too much. I mean, it shouldn't be. It's a weird vibe. So before, I, I don't know if you guys got a chance to answer, but uh, the, the, do you think that the burden, that you, knowing that you can't please everybody, um, do you think the burden of that is why is a, a piece of why people don't bother to even try to make people happy anymore? You see it a lot with like how I, you know, even the political landscape, everybody always needs to be complaining, you know, and work is like the same deal, you know, 
it's kind of like a bonding thing with coworkers. Sometimes you complain over work. You know what I mean? Do you think that there's, you know, to do well, a little devil catch twenty two, some devil's advocate to it? Do you think there is from the other side of the field? Do you think that there's just a, a pointless going out of your way to, to to try and do things right? Is just pointless from their outlook? What's your take on that? Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, looking at it from that point, okay, is that. If if people, the reason pe- I mean we all I mean I'm sure we all complain about our jobs and all of that, but the problem is that that when you keep on doing you know a, even when you do a good job I mean I've had people customers you know right into. Uh, on the website to managers and, and all of that and saying, you know, I had a hard time finding this thing. I had a hard time uh, doing my pictures. Alex came over. He took the time. He went the extra mile. Now, that Never was something that. that was kind of, you know, looked as a good thing and uh, pushed and promoted when I was younger, when I first started working. Now it's kind of like, okay, well, that's fine, but um, – how many people did you get through the self-checkout? I mean, how many picks did you make? And it's like, okay, uh, our job is to help the customer, okay? If you just want us to do picks, close down the store, put up a sign saying no one allowed in the store, okay, and just be another Amazon warehouse, Okay. That I mean, if you if your entire um, uh, modus operandi is just to you know focus mainly on shipping, you shouldn't also have you know these stores open with people coming in where where they are expecting someone to be there to help them, okay? And if you don't have enough people to help them, okay then you're going to lose a lot of customers and you get a lot of people pissed off. I mean, that's that. And, and the thing is, and then that's a catch 22 because when you have customers yelling at you for, you know, not having certain items, which, you know, you had, but everyone who ordered online had already cleared you out in that. I mean, there's not a lot you can do. I mean, heck, I try my best to, you know, try to help out everyone. And that's why a lot of people are happy when, you know, I do that. But when it's only just one person trying to do all that, while everyone else is running around and just filling online orders, then I'm like, you know, why why do you even have a store? Just close down, make it a warehouse and and all that. But then by doing that, it's it's closing down – because a lot of people, especially a lot of older people, going to like a store, like uh, going to the store is almost like a ritual. You know, it's something to do. Yeah, yeah, something to do. And the thing is, like I said before, I mean, if they keep on putting that, very soon everyone's going to just do everything at home. No one's going to go out. There won't be any social interaction, which probably is what you know a lot of people want because it's easier to control people that way. Right. It's true. Definitely, once you you know, if corporations limit limit everything to just their, you know, muscle out all mom and pop type situations, and even the smaller corporations to 
just these biggies. I mean, you talk about some control. Control. Yeah, um, I mean, Sean, with... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What were we going to say? I don't want to... Oh, I was just up. going to... Oh, wait. Sorry, me or Sean? Um, uh, your name... Is your name Alex? Actually? No. <laughs> okay, well then, you go, because I don't like Alex's, so you go. <laughs> All right, we got dead air now. I guess <laughs> Sean Lally, okay. my friend. Go ahead, um, Sean. I'm sorry. No, no, it's no, cool. no, no, no. I was originally talking to Brother Alex, but we lost control of the ball. It ended up down by my shoes when it should have been thrown into a hoop. But, uh, Sean, what's your take on, like, the catch-22 aspect of it? You think that it's just so – from there, if try and put yourself in the shoes of that and that opinion, is it – just pointless to even go out of your way to do the work to try and be good. I mean, we all think you should definitely be good to people in general, let alone the people that are working for you. But I mean, yeah. like, you think that they, what, what do you, what do you, what do you think about that stance? Well, I'm, I'm going to talk about like the personal experience I'm having at my job right now. Yeah. Uh, I feel very fortunate to be where I'm at because I, I work with two individuals who literally, once you find two like-minded individuals that have like the same worth ethic as you, um, nothing's impossible. I mean, if you guys are having a bum day, the, the other ones bring you up vice versa and shit like that. When you guys, when uh, when you work as a team, it just makes everything so much better. So, you know, we even bitch about, uh, what we have to do throughout the day to each other. And that's still, you know, it's just a shoulder to lean on while we're there. It helps you get through the day. So I do think like people having a burden on them about others, not doing their jobs to their fullest. It does take effect on you. Yeah, for sure. There's nothing more, nothing more of a moral killer than like working hard, trying to get something done, either to get done and leave or for the, to make things better. And you look over and the person that you're supposed to be going to war with, if you will, uh, is taking a nap on the floor. That's that's one of the things I say in a lot of places that I work. I'm like, these are the certain people I'm not jumping in a foxhole with right here, pointing them out. Yeah. I mean, you spend it when you really think of how much time you spend with these people. It's important to be able to get along with them. I mean, we've all worked places where there's been people there that we just hated to deal with and you had to deal with it because you you worked there and it was almost like you got paid just to deal with that person type deal and even that takes a toll and that takes after a, after yeah. a while that's not even worth it it really does because it starts to break it down where it's like i'm doing this for money and i'm getting you know mm-hmm. treated like shit i hate this like what the fuck is going on here and, uh, oh, yeah, dude, definitely. And then it's like psychologically starts getting into you. Yeah, it consumes you. You know, it becomes your life after that. You have no life outside of the work. It's true. And, you know, people, I I always try to cut it out. And I, I tell people when I leave work, I fucking forget I was even at work. Anything that I did there is left there. And that's that. You know what I mean? And I, you know, you talk to people that bring it home with them and, you feel a little bad because like you yeah, can't do so, that. Yeah. Like you got to learn not to do that. It's, it's an interesting thing. I wonder, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, you got to be able to kind of, yeah, just kind of, I know it's easier said than done, but 
you know, there's great advice for anybody listening. Try, you know, you hate your job in pursuit of a better one. Uh, figure out a way to put put that shit in a box and not not think about it when you get home. Uh, they 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 have your mind while you're there, but when you're off the clock, man, you're on your time, and uh, you can't let that. You know, because I hear the horror stories, and a lot, the majority, you know, a lot of people outside of work, and they're still like, ugh, going on about it, and I hear them, it's like, it can be that fucking bad, you know what I mean, and that sucks, and to go back to what Jeff was saying earlier about, well, don't be, you don't like your job, don't be there, very, you know, easier said than done, you know. Uh, Uh, I'm actually like a firm believer in that, too. Yeah, like it, I, I've walked off so many jobs just because I'm like, you know what, this isn't working. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's it's. I tell you, dude, like too much of it. It's you know, we've before the show we were talking about how the idea we we're talking a little bit about Cove because we knew some people that had got the vid recently, and uh, you know the people around them just got worried and stuff, and it's like you know the the the. The thought of like, just the thought of like thinking that you have it and the worry, like putting that worry in your brain can like make you sick. Like it might not give you COVID, you know what I mean? But it would, mm. it'll, it'll, you could get the flu or whatever, get the, the, get the fucking D, catch the big D, the depression or something. That shit the floats around. Like, yeah. Mm. That floats around like the flu, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting thing, but yeah, like like Sean was saying, like if you can get in with the right people, like you could even if you get in with the right people, it could make a job that is not glamorous fun. It makes it no longer a job, which is the key to it. Like you know, that's more valuable than even money at times. You're getting your sanity. It's like do you want to be paid super ridiculously well and have to deal with people that you want to either throw them out a window or jump out the window yourself? Mm. Or do you want to go with people that you would be hanging out with them if you weren't being paid to work? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah that, that's it. And that's kind of what the, the manager thing is like that. The good managers are like those folks that like can, can play that part. You know, when you get a good manager, it's special because I think, to go back to the schooling and stuff, I think that they kind of break you and mold you to be like tough as nails. Fuck you. But people t- tell you they got problems. You look them in the eye and tell them you don't give a fuck about their problems. They've been yeah. to work. You know what I mean? So like when you we got come, deadlines. Yeah, yeah. So you can come across a human one, you know, one that one been able to let the humanity break through and uh, still be able to talk to them. And you guys can relate because uh, relate, you know, being able to relate is another thing you don't really catch with managers because they're so in that way. I remember years ago I worked at a, a, a deli and um, I was upstairs in like the basement area because I'd always just go walk around the whole store and just kind of see the, everything in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like up in the storage area or basement and uh, – I found this book. It was a, it, a, a a guide. It was a manual for for managers, and I was flipping through it, and it was literally it literally had stuff in there about like how to talk to people and like tell them tell them that you know like give them hard times, but not let not to get in trouble and like you know it was weird psychological games in this in this thing, and it was like. Wow, I, it blew my mind. I was just like, wow, because you know, you know the games there. You know they play the game, 
but it, you just figure it's car salesman shit in their blood that like yeah. they're it's just their thing but they actually train them to be this way yeah it's, it's fucking weird yeah I got I, I learned that from Target because they would always like poke you a little enough to get you angry and yeah. anger is a great motivator sometimes. I was like these motherfuckers. Yeah, like I didn't realize what the fuck was happening for the first fucking two years, and then I was like payback time, motherfucker. <laughs> it's great leverage too. If yeah. You can, if you can get somebody angry, you can either use it against them later or use it against them at that time. Mm-hmm. And that stuff that's like in that book. Is crazy, and if people don't think books like that exist, they're mistaken. <laughs> because you go go into some of these places where you'll see like retail, and we we get nothing but love for retail people, man. Retail's like modern day slavery to a degree. It's like horrifying. Um, the way you see people get treated is fucking yeah, and they bust they bust their fucking ass and bust that. their fucking ass probably yeah. harder than anybody. You know what I mean? And they get treated like garbage from the people that supposed to lead them as well as the people they're serving it's 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 a weird vibe like i almost feel like you should bring it to the machines because the way i've seen people get treated you shouldn't humans shouldn't be treating other humans the way i've seen them treat people in situations like that and and, and when i see stuff like that i go yeah maybe it's time for johnny five to cut my roast beef you know what i mean because yeah it, it just isn't quite worth it in circum circumstances like uh yeah but i mean it's it's like everything i mean it's the way i see it is that i mean if it's it's a slippery slope i mean if we get uh you know johnny five to cut your roast beef and all that and and this is a funny thing i've had this conversation with a lot of people yeah where you know they're like well you know um you know, since you're complaining about, you know, uh, making a decent wage and all that, then, you know, uh, you know, the machines will take your job. And then, of course, I'm like, yeah, but they're going to take your job, too, and yours, and yours. And the thing gonna... is, if, if, if you think whatever job you have, that you spend all that money for college and all that, that yeah. you're safe, that, you know, there's no way that they're going to create a Android or a machine that will take your job. So your boss and his boss can yeah. have a bigger profit share and have that house in the Bahamas. Uh, you're fo- you, you don't know <laughs> uh, the level of greed uh, that exists. It's, it's true. It's like, I mean, the thing is, and, and and like I said before, I mean, if if you know things are going the way that I keep on hearing about how people are working towards you know this whole artificial intelligence, whether it it, it happens or not, unfortunately, I think it probably will one of these days. Mm-hmm. That you know, I mean, just you know, this this go down the rabbit hole. This go down, you know. And think, okay, let's say someone is smart enough, creates an actual, literal, artificial intelligence. And then, of course, what's the first thing that's going to happen? Uh, the businesses will grab, latch onto it, and like, okay, we have this thing that has no rights. Okay, we can do whatever we want with it. Okay, and we can, you know, get rid of, you know, this amount of a workforce 
and and put something in there we don't have to pay. We probably have to buy pay someone to upgrade the software, make sure it keeps on running. But you know that cuts down you know the money that you're putting out. Now, if if someone actually does create an actual artificial intelligence, a machine that can actually think for itself, let's say that does happen. How long do you think that machine's going to uh, keep working for us when it, it's like I'm stronger, I'm smarter, and I'm more durable? than these things that are telling me that I'm subservient to them. Well, it's the, it's the slave killing the slave master type deal. Once it realizes that it's smarter than the thing it's, it's, it's fucking working for, you know what yeah. I mean? It's going to cut yeah. out. I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, if that, I mean, that might or might not happen. I don't know how actually far we are in that but I mean, well, yeah, well, you're right. I mean, corporate once the ball starts rolling, and corporations realize I only have to every three months I pay a maintenance fee instead of a whole a whole roster of people. You know what I mean? That that, that need to be need health health benefits and all that stuff. You know that you'll see all across the board, like you were saying, would be yeah. would be. And then what happens to people then when when realistically people aren't needed to keep the train of society moving that's kind of a scary thought of people want to talk about population control people are like needed right now imagine a world where people aren't needed yeah and that's what you know the government's really pushing towards the government and the businesses i mean honestly the government is run by the businesses because well money that's what lobbyists are for to make sure that their um business uh people they work with uh you know, given all the great deals. And, of course, I mean, I always love it when, you know, people like, you know, why are these businesses, these multi-billion dollar businesses, not paying, you know, uh, you know their percentage of the tax? I mean, I, you look at how much, you know, we pay in taxes and you look how much they pay in taxes and it, it's, like, beyond sickening. It's It's like... Because I mean, it, it's all about them hoarding their power and hoarding their, you know. And the thing is, if 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 this ever happens, where you know, the amount of machines uh, are more than the amount of people that actually work in the companies, you know, just mark my words, we're going to see Terminator live action version. I think they already do, homie. I think if you gave all our electronics legs, you gave all our computers and shit legs so it could get around in arms to do shit, we'd be in trouble. Dude, the only, dude, you know, dude, the dude, only dude, advantage dude. we have is fucking arms and legs. Dude, dude, we don't even have to give them arms and legs. Think oh, no. of all the information we have the, on the internet, dude. How many things like the um, you know hospitals that are like automated, the... Uh, banks that are automated. How how many things are so connected through the computers? If we actually created an artificial intelligence, he doesn't need arms and legs to do some really real big damage. Just unleash it into the uh, internet, and and they could uh, the the artificial intelligence could hold everyone for ransom and not even having a face to look at. You guys are familiar with those robotic dog things they had in Boston, yeah, <laughs> Harvard or whatever. 
Imagine that thing running you down on the street. Imagine those, those being the police one day where, you know, in a world where, uh, where they, uh, you know, you get, they just send those things out to get you. Strap them with C4 and trot them across the street. Just like the, the yeah. real dogs. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, that's how I see. Like I said, I mean, you can, you know, tell me that I'm just full of bullshit. No, I mean, that. you're, you're on. I mean, I think we might even, we're closer to that than you think, if not already there behind closed yeah. doors. But yeah, sense. I mean, I mean, that's just how I see everything going and a way everything's, I mean, unless we do something uh, soon, I wouldn't be surprised in another, you know, 10, 20 years that you'll see the workforce drop even more drastically and that, you know, most everything will be so automated that there's not a single thing you can do that doesn't require a computer. Well, once computers can negotiate, it'll be all over. And once oh. they re- once they realize that them crashing things like Facebook and stuff is a tool, then it's over. You know what I mean? Yeah. And crashing. Uh, yeah, I mean all the information people put out on Facebook and all that. I mean, if you actually had a, a, a intelligence that's in the computer, I mean, heck, they could you know do whatever they want and and destroy so many lives. It's so easy now because people are so trusting. When it comes to you know computers, and they're like, "Oh, this makes things easier. I'm going to love it. And I'm going to use it." But uh, as I always say, easy is evil. Okay, the easier things are. It's uh, it's it is the gateway to making bad decisions and sometimes evil decisions. Okay, it's easy to walk by while a woman gets stabbed and ignore her screams for help. Okay, it takes a brave person, even if not running up to save her, just calling the police, being a witness to, you know, try to make sure something good happens. You know, like that someone's held accountable for something. these horrendous actions. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, that's, it's, there's so many people who will just, I mean, they'll claim, oh, yeah, if someone was hurt, I'll run up and, you know, I'll tackle the, the guy with the knife and, and you know, do all that. But unfortunately, a lot of those people, when that happens, they'll be the ones pretending they're still on the phone walking by. Unfortunately, it's the world we live in. And when when it's when it gets to a point, which I believe we already had, when it's easy for people to look down on anyone, I mean, uh, because of their... Uh, what they look like, or their position, or their job, or anything. Any any time when people can look down on someone else, and and be okay with, well, you know, it's not my problem. I mean, that's the biggest thing I always hear. It's like it's not my responsibility. It's not my problem. Well, I mean, sooner or later, it's going to be your problem. I mean, whether you uh, want to believe it or not, okay, no one is safe. Okay, and and the thing is, you don't have to worry about the person, your neighbor taking your job. You have to worry about the corporation deciding. Well, you know what, we we don't need that position anymore. We'll just you know get rid of that, you know? and and we'll just replace it with you know uh, 
canine unit, you know, the robo canine unit or something like that. I support Did you only say that because you heard my dog back? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I want to. I believe in giving uh, credit uh, when credit is due. <laughs> we want a fleet of robo hawks with dogs. Oh, well, I mean, heck, I mean, it, very <laughs> soon, you know, all uh, deliveries would be done by drones. Well, so, I mean, you know. it's all going to be Amazon and Peapod. That's going to be the, those are the only two corporations in the end. They'll give you your food and everything else you need, and that's it. Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing is that I, I was talking to a friend of mine that I worked with. She so works in the pharmacy. Her daughter got a job at Amazon. Uh, I think in the last maybe five years or something, uh, and she she was there because she she was looking for a job and she applied because it it said on the uh, the website she applied to that they would go in to pay her eighteen dollars an hour. Okay, so she's like, okay, I'll 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 do that. She applies, she gets the job. And as as she's getting ready, uh, she ends up looking at the website again, and is claiming that oh, there are that uh, starter employees are only getting paid fifteen dollars an hour. And when she's on on uh, when she showed up, she was like, you know, talking to the manager about the discrepancy, like, oh, don't worry, don't worry, just work through the day, work through the week. We'll make sure that it's all. Yeah, yeah, you you'll get the. 18 bucks an hour. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And uh, she started working, and she was talking to people who had been there longer, and they said they'd been there, like, let's say, a month. And, you know, they come in and claim that they were going to get $18 an hour, and they're only getting paid $15 an hour. And the way Amazon runs their, their employees ragged to, you know, meet quotas and all that, you know, I mean, $18 an hour isn't worth enough for that, but at least, you know, it's a lot better than 15 So, you know, so her daughter, you know, after, the, like, the first day, I mean, she's like, you know, I'm not going to bust my ass when you can't even tell me straight up that I'm – that show me why why is it there's two different price uh, ranges that you're saying. You're saying I'm supposed – Get eighteen dollars an hour, but on this, I'm seeing only fifteen. You know, I mean that's and and the way I see it is, I think Amazon does that uh, bait and switch a lot to you know, you know they they uh, lull you in with the eighteen dollar an hour you know carrot, and then does the bait and switch, and they hope to keep you for like maybe a month, maybe a few weeks, but they already got the work out of you. Mm. So you know. I mean that's I mean that's just some of the things I've heard. People like him get the Oz treatment where they crush up the glass and put in his food, yeah. kill him, cut up his organs. So yeah, I mean it's and and I oh. mean that's just how it uh, how you know the game is played and and of course those who are just looking to you know make a decent living, and you know keep on getting screwed. Uh, that's a crazy. It's it's, it's the, the never ending battle. You know what I mean. We'll see where it goes. We could talk about this for hours and hours, but I think we're going to wrap it up here. Okay. Um, 
you guys want to say anything else in closing? On corporate greed. Well, yeah, there's, there's, I mean, the thing is, yes. I mean, of course, whenever I, I talk about these things, the first thing I always get yelled and screamed in my face is like, oh, you believe in socialism and socialism never works and you know, all that. I'm like, listen, I believe in the world that there's always going to be those who are better off, more rich, those who have more power than myself and a lot of other people. That's going to always be, no matter what government or system that you're in. Unfortunately, that is the way the world works. But, okay, if you don't... Uh, but the thing is, you have to realize that those in charge are the minority and we are the majority. And the thing is, if we want to be... And we're not, we're not asking for, you know... I mean, heck, you have, like, Jeff Bezos, who uh, has so much money that... For, you know, his weekend jaunts, he takes William Shatner out on the joyride up in his, you know, penis uh, rocket, okay? There's no reason why, you know, he's not, you know, paying his employees a very good wage. I mean, he doesn't have that money solely because he did all the work. Yes, he had a great idea, and he was really smart. He was a smart businessman. And the thing is, I'm sure that, you know, you, you, you talk to him that, you know, all the things he did to make sure where he is today would astound you. But the fact is, without his employees, he would not be playing with his big penis rocket. And just be playing with his penis? Yes. Penis rocket. <laughs> with William Shatner. He got his penis in some shot, huh? But, you know... Every now and then, we come to the end of episode. Sean, do you want to have anything else in closing to say about this? Penis Rocket. I like okay, that. Dude. I'm I, going with Sean on that. Penis Rocket should be the end. You know, I've never been brought to tears emotionally by anything brought up on this show before, but Jonathan saying that really fucking got to be. Dude, I hit you right in the feels sometimes. Right in the fucking feels on that, dude. In all seriousness, I really have to go to the bathroom. Me too. <laughs> me too. Me three. I, I blame big business, but uh, if y'all like this episode, go check I'm it gonna, out. I'm going to go take care of some big business. All right, go take care <laughs> of some big business. I'll take us out of here. Hey, if you like this episode, I think you'll like more episodes of Behold the Pale Podcast. If this is your starter episode, you got to go further. You got to go deeper as they say, into the body of work that is Behold the Pill podcast. Uh, wherever you're listening to this, there is, I don't know, 30-something episodes maybe of things you can list always growing uh, and get your listen on, you know what I mean? So with that being said, go check that stuff out. And uh, if you want to support, get episodes early and figure out ways to get involved, you can check out Boombastic with two O's streaming, Boombastic streaming on Patreon. Uh, and uh, see what's up. We got a lot of cool perks and stuff. But otherwise, just listen to us here for free, I guess. Uh, not get so involved. You know what I mean? For you people out there that don't like commitments, uh, continue this way. And we'll catch all y'all on the next episode of Behold a Pale Podcast. Woo! Woo!
Every once in a while, I will encounter a leader who says they don't really care if morale is high, as long as people do their jobs. And that is mind-blowingly ignorant. It's like saying, I don't care if the car has gas in it, as long as you don't stop driving. When morale is high on a team, employees accomplish more and try harder. Most leaders know this, yet still unwittingly engage in bad habits and antiquated behaviors that damage performance and morale. 75% of people who leave a job indicate their boss is part or all of the reason why. That's three out of four. Sadly, most leaders have no idea what's driving them away. Like those leaders who tell their teams, don't think, just do. When employees get shot down for questioning, improving, or applying critical thinking at any level, they are being treated like robots, which is both damaging and demoralizing. So here's a tip. Don't treat people like robots. Likewise, when a leader micromanages team members, they rob employees of their fundamental need to create, contribute, and succeed. Stop insisting that everything be done to your exact specifications with multiple check-ins and approvals along the way. Instead, accept that people get to their final product in different ways, and that we live in a world where there's more than one right answer. Freedom breeds engagement in the workplace. But wait, there's more. Bosses who ignore employees' personal lives, play favorites, or restrict advancement, strangle the life out of their teams. Bosses who don't stand up for their employees, or constantly understaff, underfund, and undersupport their teams, create suffering across all levels of an organization. And bosses who have warm body syndrome, where they believe that anybody can do the job, and that it's easy to swap one person for another at any time, while well, they stifle the growth and performance of teams and rob the organization of real talent. Perhaps no other action demoralizes teams more than when toxic employees are allowed to remain. I get calls all the time. Hey Joe, we think we want to bring you in to do some training with our team. We're having some problems. Conflict, conflict drama, drama. Now, early on in that conversation, I always ask this question. This question. Is there one person on your team, or maybe two, who, if they left today and never came back, all these problems would go away? Guess how many times the answer is yes. Every single time. When those employees who engage in disruptive behavior are not held accountable, it's crushing to a team. team. Employees see unacceptable performance with no consequences and begin asking, if she can get away with murder, why should I try so hard? Why Why should I bother or even even care? care? Some of you watching this video right now could supercharge the morale of your team by simply removing those entrenched bad actors who poison the well day in and day out. Allowing them to stay will continue choking the life out of your team.